which is good. You like you, you sort of knew you were gonna uh, you're gonna concentrate on your cricket. You're yeah. gonna try and win the games, which was great. And then but you'd be playing on like new grounds. Yeah, you're playing in some crazy beautiful places. Some grounds obviously not so good. You yeah. just kind of lob up and see what was there. Um, and yeah, like you're just fed three times a day, like all the food you can imagine. Yeah, looked yeah. after in, in like your um, stuff after the games, there'd be a pool and things like that. And then you'd be in, and then after all of that, once you finished playing, you'd be in some far-flung country. Yeah, and you'd yeah. go down the road and get like a like a great curry, or yeah. kind of get. So you couldn't always get stuck in too much to the the stuff outside yeah, of cricket because yeah. it was never really time. But um, yeah. yeah, you'd get the odd rest day, and you could you could go and have a look around, like Kuala Lumpur, for example, somewhere like that. We went a lot, and yeah. that was um, that was amazing. Do you have a highlight from like those tournaments? even the games against Guernsey, is there a moment that stands out to you? I reckon, the, I was thinking about this actually, the tournament when we um, qualified for the World 2020 qualifiers, yeah. so that, yeah. that whole summer really, we had um, we had a European, like a regional qualifier first in like June time, yeah. and we'd never won that, so you need to win to go to then the World qualifier. and. Um, yeah, we, for the first time we won that. Normally Denmark or Italy yeah, are winning those out of Europe, but yeah, we, we won it. So that was incredible. And then we, like preparing for that global tournament, which was in, it was like across Ireland and Scotland. And yeah. that was like all the big boys of associate cricket were there. So it was like Ireland, Holland, Scotland, Afghanistan, yeah, yeah. Um, Papua New Guinea, Hong Kong, some of the big, yeah. sort of the big teams that are knocking on the door of playing against like, England and Australia and stuff yeah. and um, we had the build, the build up to, but we went there early and the build up to the tournament was us playing um, Scotland and uh, Scotland and Afghanistan yeah. and we got beaten pretty soundly in both those games and the level was like was, we'd prepped well actually we played yeah, Kent yeah, a couple yeah. of times in the build up which was great um, but those two games were really like really stiff competition yeah. and we were sort of not we weren't shell shocked but it was just what you'd expect really playing yeah. against teams at that level and us not having yeah, sort of yeah, done yeah. that regularly so we didn't think we didn't necessarily know how we we're going to get on in that tournament after those two warm-up games but we, we we won the first game against Hong Kong in that the first game proper yeah and that was like the best game <laughs> as a team we've ever played we, yeah. we like bought Anthony Kay bowled amazingly um fielded amazingly um we chased down they got 150 off their yeah. 20 overs and they had some real good players in their team and then we managed to chase that down only losing one wicket yeah. um, in a place called Derry in Northern Ireland and it was just the best the best chase that Farley got runs I think that was my best performance ever personally in a game yeah. um, and it was just the it was, we'd, we'd won a game in the tournament we were like one from one in yeah, that tournament yeah, yeah. and it was we, we were just on and we, we never realised we could actually win, win a game at the tournament but yeah. we um, yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we were straight away, we were actually like to the top of the group and it was a group with Ireland and, and, yeah, and yeah, some yeah. really big teams in it. So, yeah, we, 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 the rest of that week as well was amazing. So we played Namibia, Jaunty, like Namibia, a big side. Jaunty did, got 90 in that game, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Like, we bowled and fielded really well in some of the games, like Papua New Guinea, we beat yeah. Nepal. Um, we played against Ireland, like we got to Ireland and we knew like Ireland was our last game at Malahide and that was on Sky Sports and it yeah. was um we um we actually felt like we could beat them. So we actually were on level to like this is a team that's now a test match team and we were on yeah. level terms and they were worried about us. Yeah. And we should like we should have we were in a position to win that game but we didn't we didn't yeah. quite so but that, that whole week was amazing. And how how was it to be on T V as well? You mentioned with being on Sky how was it having all the cameras there and knowing people could watch in as well? Yeah, it was ner like nerve-wracking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was nerve-wracking because it's on top of 
where the bowler runs in, yeah. all the cameras and the commentary box is right above that. Uh, okay, yeah, so you're just aware of it. You're not like, yeah, it's just something you're aware of. And you're yeah. sort of, you know, if you're having a bit of a, a bad spell and yeah. your rhythm's not up or something like that, you just, yeah, it does come into your mind that, yeah. oh God, everyone yeah, is yeah, going yeah, to be watching yeah, this, yeah. which can take away a bit from your performance. But it was awesome. You get interviewed, like all the stuff you saw when you watch a test match or when you watch the World Cup proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, getting interviewed before the game and all, and the toss being done, yeah, all of that yeah. stuff was, was all there. So there was kind of a lot of stuff happening around the game that wouldn't normally be, yeah. which made it exciting and nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about playing against these top-level like, teams. Did, how good was it to learn off those games as well, as a team and as an individual, to learn off top-quality bowlers and batsmen and see them in action yeah like it, that's the best yeah. you can't beat that really that's um that's why the team now are only trying to play games that are either against teams that are ranked higher yeah. and get themselves into tournaments that are yeah the, the, again this world cup qualifier that they've just been to regularly yeah, because yeah. like yeah when you the bowlers bowl better they yeah. put the ball in better places harder to score yeah. off so it, whenever you're playing against better players you have to learn how to yeah. adapt Definitely. When you don't have easy balls to hit, um, you've got it makes you actually it forces you. What it's either like sink or swim. You can either stay as you are yeah. and just try and do the best you can, or you think actually I'm going to need to learn some new shots, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I'm going to have to get fitter, or and then and then as soon as you know that, you then got the choice as to right, yeah. do I want to go and learn it or do I not? And if you do go away and learn, you you, you can improve so much. So yeah. like, yeah, we learned that year. We went to that 2020 we started playing better teams before we went and so we, we learned like, different shots we learned how to like reverse sweep how to like ramp yeah, yeah. how to like hit good balls like pull shots yeah. um, and that just made us so competitive in that tournament um, so same with the bowlers when you're bowling to good batters they can hit a lot more of your balls Yeah. so exactly. it means you have to be like you need to learn A different balls but also be able to hit the ball you want to bowl yeah. hit your area perfectly yeah so yeah, so it's it's the best. Like you can you can go through life and just play against teams that are less good and win. Yeah. But it's never you'll never get as good it's as you can. To challenge yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So often you get a few times where it can be a bit demoralising at times. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's, I think, it's yeah. You just try and keep your confidence and, and keep learning, and then fingers crossed, you, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you keep improving. Um, moving on to the challenge, the real real reason here. Um, <laughs> Land's End to John O'Groats. When did, we'll come to being for charity next, but when did the idea of doing the challenge itself first come about? I reckon, I was trying to think about this, I think it was maybe the end of 2019. Yeah. So I knew I'd have some annual leave this year and um, really, wanted to, really wanted to do something where you'd actually see... I've really actually wanted to see the whole of Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow, I didn't yeah. really think about how, and it just seemed, yeah, it just seemed like, well, this is a, a one way to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, towards the end of twenty nineteen, we booked it for April twenty twenty. Yeah. And so the lockdown happened, and then the flights were off and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, we, we we sort of thought, oh, this might be dead and buried. But um, then when things started to pick up again a bit, we rebooked for rebooked annual leave at work and yeah, yeah. put it in for August. So yeah, it was um, it was good. Uh, obviously for charity tell us a bit about what charities and why you kind of chose them so it was three like three of the charities were um, charities that were sort of in the lockdown 
know, people had lost their jobs, they were um, domestic, I guess, with people being stuck together a bit more at home, less chance to get out. It was a, I don't know what, if there was any figures on this or whether it did happen more, but people, I remember reading a couple of articles about the chance of a bit more problems at home. Yeah. Um, so the three, like the, the Sanctuary Trust, which is a shelter or a place that you can live if you haven't got anywhere, if you're, if you're in between places, um, is in St. Ovens, and then the Shelter Trust in town, and then the Women's Refuge all seem to be in lockdown, seem to be getting a lot busier, and yeah, yeah. I was reading a few articles, getting a lot busier, um, people as they're struggling without work are struggling to afford rent, and therefore struggling to find somewhere to live, yeah. so it just seemed like they were doing a lot of great work in lockdown and it felt like it could carry on for quite a while. So the first, the three charities were the Sanctuary Trust, Shelter Trust and the Women's Refuge. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth one is called a Naval Jersey. So that's yeah. about, um, that's about um, helping those who have a disability just to just have the, comp- like carry on. Like, cause yeah. I think sometimes, and I think I know this, I've seen this a little bit firsthand when you're, if you were previously uh, totally able and you you know you could you did a particular job or you did certain things that you enjoyed and yeah, uh, yeah. and they meant a lot to you if a disability all of a sudden arrives then um, your confidence can take a bit of a knock or those things are going to be more difficult to do yeah and I think you know probably quite easy to become quite withdrawn and then as soon as that happens just you guess you're there's no reason why it should because it's it's so important to be able to do things you enjoy so I think the naval jersey kind of helped people to be able to still do those things they want to do yeah um but obviously with their disability we'll find it a little bit more difficult so just need a I guess at times a bit of a helping hand so and that's big for me because I say I hate thinking about somebody who wants to do something and can't and yeah and and it feels and it is going to be more difficult but there's no help to be able to do it so yeah so I really rate the work they do um and then the last one is um, my friend Mark Serralis, who was um, really gave a lot to cricket in Jersey, um, and great bloke. He's just recently had a stroke, which is really sad. And he, but he's doing a great job of, of coming back from it. And is um, he just needs a few adaptations around the house, um, so just a little bit of a hand uh, yeah. with that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I'm not very good at. Um, no. I'm not very good at narrowing things down. And I no, just thought no. all of those things were it's, were close to my heart. So it's definitely worth mentioning. Brilliant jobs they're all doing as well. Yeah. Um, how did you prepare for the challenge itself? Oh, so badly. <laughs> so, we, but it was part of the challenge actually was because um, Kieran, the lad that did it with, it, he ran the London Marathon without any training. Yeah. Um, and I've done a similar thing in 2008, and it yeah. was tough. Oh, I found it tough. He actually found it fine, but I was <laughs> I I really struggled. Yeah, um, yeah. So part of the challenge was to do it and just to see if we could do it without any training. So yeah. we did a cycle, I think we cycled maybe 35 kilometers uh, a few weeks before we did it, just to see what that was like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't, the preparation was just trying to book the flights, <laughs> get a bike, yeah, get yeah. the saddlebags, kind of wing and book a hotel, <laughs> yeah. And we, cause we, ju- we just wanted to see if it was possible yeah. and see if we could, see if we could, see if our bodies could get through it. Yeah, yeah. a lot of it, I think, doing big challenges it's mental so if you've got mental strongness then you can do anything so like 
is that how you felt on it as well it, whilst doing it yeah I think so like it was it turned out that if you could just keep your legs turning over yeah, yeah. then you'll eventually get there yeah. you'll eventually get to wherever you need to get to at the end of the yeah, day yeah. Um, found like it was interesting because there was a lot of like had a bit of a niggle on my knee yeah. before I was going in um, and like, I haven't been able to play cricket this year but um, cycling was fine but um, after the first sort of first couple of days sort of quite a lot of pain in knees and, and your backside and I was like I don't I know this, this feels like it could be a sort of yeah. it could be a finisher right if this gets yeah. worse I don't want it to get any worse Kieran had um, like really bad pain on the outside of his knee yeah. but it's amazing we, you basically you feel a lot of pain when you start yeah. and then you just sort of think oh so you think to yourself I wonder how this will be in an hour yeah, exactly. and then quite often in an hour it's just gone away yeah, so like your yeah. body's just sort of found a way to yeah. to deal with it so, sometimes it doesn't so sometimes it sticks with you all day but um, most of the time I know Kieran's knee was with him for most of the time <laughs> but um, yeah most of the time your body just finds a way or a different part of your body hurts yeah. so you can stop concentrating on that part and that part's niggling you but yeah, yeah. so no it was, it was it was physical from that sense and, and just mental in trying not to think too much about um, getting to the yeah, end yeah, yeah. and just try and like enjoy the scenery and yeah. keep your legs turning over yeah that that was it yeah uh, <laughs> how long did it take in total like you said there was points where you struggled uh, was there any point that you thought nah we're not doing this or <laughs> I'm giving up yeah multiple so like <laughs> There was a point after 20 miles in Cornwall, so the first, Devon and Cornwall are yeah. the two hilliest places on earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and after the first 20 miles, so we started at Land's End at half six, and um, took us a couple of hours to cycle the first 20 miles. And after 20 miles, it was so hilly. We both just said to each other, "This is a lot. This is a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. This is already a lot harder than we could have imagined." And we're like, yeah. "What?" Thinking to ourselves, we let ourselves in for something. Pretty, it's going to be quite yeah, rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then so, but then the first two days we just managed to cobble our way through quite a lot of kilometres. So we did 145 the first day, and then 120 odd the next day. Yeah. And then, but then at the end of the second day we were knackered. And then the third day our kilometres dropped right down. So I think we did like 90. Yeah. And then it was rainy. There's been some brutal hills, and we got to Bath. And um, yeah, it sort of felt like. <laughs> I mean, I was saying to Kieran, I was like, we've actually cycled across. Cornwall and Devon yeah. and now into Somerset so I'm pretty happy with that like, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's yeah. good I, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm thinking this is miles further than we've ever done <laughs> yeah. so I'm not like not too worried no, I'm not really thinking too much about the other ends just yeah, more yeah. thinking like that's I'm happy with that yeah exactly um, but yeah we thought like on, on stage three sort of thought yeah this is um, you know we might give up this stage yeah. it could happen yeah. you don't really know really you just don't really know how bad it's going to get yeah. but each stage you kind of kind of get you kind of just got through it sort of the morning stages you'd sort of cycle you wake up have a brekkie then nine till sort of half eleven you'd cycle yeah. then have a cup of coffee like a load of food yeah, yeah. then you'd have a second session like half eleven till two yeah. those two sessions were alright yeah. and you sort of you can sort of get through those sessions each day yeah. and then so yeah you, then it's the later sessions in the day that are sort yeah. of cha- quite challenging but actually in in Scotland even when you get to Scotland, because you think, oh, once you're in Scotland, you think, you know, you think you're pretty much <laughs> yeah, there. But yeah, yeah. we cycled for seven days in England and then six days in Scotland. Yeah. And there was loads of times in Scotland where it was wind, like wind in the face and driving yeah. rain. And you kind of think, 
I'm not going to be able to finish this. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine finishing it. Yeah. So, yeah, there was plenty of time. <laughs> so it took a good 13 days to Th- finish it. Yeah, obviously. 13 days. Crazy. Yeah. Um, how good was it to do it with someone else as well? How much did you encourage each other along the way? Yeah, it's really good. It's like, I think essential actually. Yeah. Um, it was sort of, it, it was, um, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where I think it was just nice that someone else was there. It's like reliable, sort of yeah, you could yeah. lean on the fact that if you turned, like if you looked forward or turned around, depending on how each of us was going, yeah. you'd see the other person yeah, just yeah. pedaling away. And you kind of get a bit of, you just feel like a bit reassured that someone else was yeah. just pedaling. And you knew, like, I just real, yeah, nice to know that someone was going through or doing the same thing because you'd yeah. always be like oh that leg was good or that leg was flat or that leg was horrendous yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and it was good in the breaks as well so like when you have a when you have a, have a break every hour or something just for a quick yeah. quick bite to eat and um, yeah you'd laugh at you'd laugh at a hill yeah, or you'd yeah, laugh yeah. at something or you'd just laugh at the relief of being yeah. off the saddle yeah. but it was interesting actually because with there's so much organisation along the way so like we were pretty light on organisation before we, we organised it a lot like, yeah. you know saddlebags bikes get them serviced get the flights sorted all that stuff so it's like already was loads more organisation than a normal trip away yeah. but you actually got to like book places every day so yeah. like you needed to <laughs> you needed to download the route on the GPS work out where you're going then you have to download um, you've got to work out where you're going to get to think about the accommodation yeah. and that sort of is every day and, and so after, we were a bit touchy with each other I reckon for the first few days because there was loads to organise and we weren't quite worked out and sorted out who was doing it yeah. so it was always last minute and yeah. it was always cutting into the cycling time yeah. when we, always th- we were thinking oh god we can't organise too long because we've got yeah, exactly. miles to cycle yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but like by the end but by the last the last week we had it down and it was sweet because it was like mate can you organise the accommodation and yeah. and, uh, and the I don't know the transport from John O'Groats and I'll do the GPS and yeah, yeah. so from that side it was epic as well but yeah it was, it was so nice as well at night like when you finish one of the best things because it was beautiful and you enjoyed like there were days where it was so enjoyable Yeah. so some days it was really you know some days it was really flat you're going through the best countryside you can imagine yeah um, but whatever happened at the end of it, some days were really tough, and at the end of the day, you just sit in the room of the B and B with the with the mate. Just like you might buy like fish and chips <laughs> yeah. and a load of food from the shop, just sit on your bed, and it was like the best yeah, yeah, best yeah. half an hour of the day. Oh, it was like one of the best. One of the best. Um, like you said, you went through a lot of beautiful places on the way. Is there a favourite like place, city, or um, town that you went through? Um, there was yeah. like loads. So there was. Um, sort of do it in two categories really one was about how beautiful a place was and then there was another couple of places that the people in the place were just epic yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. for us and um, so like Devon and Cornwall have got unbelievable villages so yeah. it's all up and down hills but every time you go down this horrifically long downhill yeah, yeah, which yeah. you start to hate in the end because you know there's going to be a massive uphill yeah, yeah. but there's just these beautiful little villages like yeah. a little pub um, little shop um, so they they were amazing. Like I'd love to go just to spend some time in Devon and Cornwall. Yeah. Um, and then actually, the, probably the next other places where uh, all the way through the Lake District and stuff was beautiful. Yeah. Even through Herefordshire and Shropshire, like the yeah. Midlands was a bit flatter. And again, beautiful villages, rivers flowing through. We were in the countryside most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but probably favourite places were, um, or sort of more favourite, most favourite places were. Um, 
like Pitlochry is in is a little sort of alpine village in the Scottish Highlands. Okay, yeah, yeah. So when we're cycling up through the Scottish Highlands, yeah. it's just these like, little alpine ski yeah. resorty sort of villages. It was yeah, just yeah. absolutely stunning. Um, but then there's a couple of places as well where the people just were epic. And so yeah. one of those was a place called Cowdenbeath. Okay. So we'd cycled all day. This is like we'd cycled across from um, uh, up from like Gretna to Edinburgh, gone across the fourth bridge, yeah. and then um, up to, we were basically trying to get as far north as we could that day, we hadn't booked anything, we were just have to go as far as we can until yeah, we fall yeah. over, and then we'll try and find a place to stay there. Yeah. It was like a risky tactic, yeah, but yeah. we came across this town called Cowden Beef, which looked like it only had houses, yeah. and then in the middle of the town there was um, uh, a pub with like rooms above it, yeah. and so uh, we went, to the, there was 30 quid for the night, which was epic, and then we went downstairs, and the locals all gave us money for the charity, yeah, we yeah. stayed and had a few beers with them, uh, there was a like, guy called Elvis, Alan, uh, <laughs> Willie, um, Paul, and there was one other guy's name I forget, but they, he, was a, he was a legend, and they were just, they just wouldn't let us buy a drink, they were yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. thrilled with what we were doing, they were absolutely sound, um, and the barmaid Fern was, she was a total, she'd gone round and got collections of everyone for the charity, yeah. the yeah. other place that was great was um, Perth, so we, um, we just got soaked all day, yeah. and uh, all morning from Cowden Beef to Perth I soaked, was, yeah, yeah. Just, and our waterproofs were rubbish, so. <laughs> and we went to Perth and we went to a hotel, and we were like, look, can you just let, it was one o'clock in the afternoon, and we, had, yeah. we knew we had miles to cycle, but we were frozen, so we are like, can you just let us in for four hours, yeah, get yeah. the radiators on, can we dry our clothes? We were like, we're gonna go to Mountain Warehouse, get as much waterproof stuff as we can, because yeah, it was yeah, sort of, yeah. it was our second day in Scotland, and we had four more, and we thought it was gonna be yeah, soaking. Yeah. And uh, so the hotel was like warm, we slept, got warm, um, they fixed our bike as well, because my back wheel was broken, so it was a bike shop to fix yeah. the bike. Yeah. Got this stuff from Mountain Warehouse, and then we were like ready to take on Scotland, but yeah. without the, the hotel, she sort of sorted us out, just a little day rate. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that was the best. So yeah, the Scottish people were amazing. Um, what was the feeling like when you got to the end, when you fully finished, you knew you, you were done, you knew you'd completed it? How was that? Yeah, e epic. Uh, yeah. And actually, like, I was realising, so the last sort of 10 miles, so there's a place called Wick, in the last 50, 60 miles or do you go past a place called, a, city, a town called Wick, and then from Wick, there's about 16 miles to John O'Groats. Yeah. And on that 60 miles between Wick and John O'Groats, I was like, oh my God, we are going to finish this. Yeah, yeah. And it was sort of like, you sort of realised for the last two weeks I've been cycling, and I actually really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Some bits I didn't like, but I actually really liked it. It's really, the bike's really peaceful, you go through the country, yeah, amazing yeah. scenery. And so the last 10 miles or so, I was like, I'm going to miss this a lot. Yeah. I'm actually really going to miss it. It's a yeah, bit yeah, sad, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you go, there's one big hill into John O'Groats. <laughs> and then you go down and it's this gradual descent to John O'Groats. And yeah. you go through, like, it's like, you go through the start of the sort of village and you've got about another mile to go and you're just going down this hill and you can see the Orkney Islands yeah, yeah. stunning landscape yeah. you're just drifting down this hill and you're kind of then you're really elated yeah, you yeah, know you're yeah. getting really close and you know you can actually get off and you know you don't have to cycle tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. so we then you go you kind of go through this car park at the bottom and you can see the sign so there was one at Land's End that tells you how far it is to John O'Groats yeah, yeah. that you get a photo next to and you yeah. can see the sign and that bit's just like <laughs> you're laughing because you're like this is amazing yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you just can't, because you can't, I, I could never really think about finishing in the, th it was never really that big a motivation. Yeah. I just thought, I didn't really, I just didn't really want to put the pressure on. And I was also thinking, um, I was also thinking if we just cycle every day, that'll take care of itself. Yeah. 
like we'll get there exactly but Kieran was a lot more motivated he was just well he was he, it motivated him to get to the end yeah so he was like I'll cycle through the night if we have to and I was yeah, like oh yeah. gosh I don't want to think about that <laughs> but um, yeah to get there was, was a, I couldn't really believe it to be honest yeah. it was buzzing can people still donate how much have you raised for the charities so re- really pleased I said £2,000 so yeah, far really which is great um, you get people yeah absolutely I know sometimes um, the challenge is finished and done so like yeah. I understand if people don't <laughs> don't yeah, want to yeah. donate at this stage as other, other people doing other things or probably going to do things but yeah people can donate until I probably like trying to get the money to the charities in the next week so I'd say by the something like the 16th or 17th of September I'll stop the site and then uh, yeah get, make sure they can get the money and, and do what they need to with it um, really good really yeah. good man um, there was that question you asked about whether it's um, you'd encourage somebody else to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely, definitely would. It, it yeah. was like even I, I just totally would because it was um, it was just super satisfying, like really beautiful. I'd encourage everyone, anyone, to go and see the British landscape because yeah. it's 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 amazing. Um, but also the the, um, the the challenge element was really good because it was not that pleasant all the time but it was it was mainly good it was mainly good fun yeah. you'd think in that there was more downtimes than good times but there was much more good times than downtimes yeah. um, it's probably like it's a, if you it's good to enjoy or to not mind the activity so yeah. if you hated cycling yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing it but at the same time that's a good challenge if you do hate yeah, something exactly. try and do it for a long period yeah, but yeah. if you sort of don't mind cycling I'd, I'd super recommend it yeah um, just take waterproofs <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, is there any more big challenges for you uh, coming up are you thinking of going further doing any of you or any other challenges at all I, I think I'll do some I think I'll try and do some Europe yeah I'd like to like I actually found cycling was yeah it's a peaceful way to see the world yeah um hurts your bum uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. but i think i think it's i think that's manageable um <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad as i was expecting um and you and it kind of gets used to it um but yeah i'd, I'd definitely like to cycle um someone said about rotterdam to amsterdam yeah. as a flat option <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, i'd like keen to see what's what you can do in france as well yeah like because it's you wouldn't want to cycle on them and he wouldn't want to cycle on main roads really the route that we took was this route that was called the Deloitte yeah. Um, yeah. ride across Britain route and you could download it and it was all country yeah. and it was epic um, so but when we were on the, in Scotland we were on the A roads a little bit and that is dull cycling yeah. it's really boring yeah. and like I struggle with that massively yeah. Um, yeah. it's quicker but it's boring yeah. um, so I'd like to see what kind of country cycles are available in, in France yeah. maybe maybe a bit more of a leisurely pace um, yeah, yeah see how it goes but I, I really enjoyed the challenge so may, maybe even like I don't know if I'm as geared up to be able to walk um, for a long way yeah but maybe another cycle yeah um, finally Baggies fan back in the Premier League uh, first game tomorrow how do you think you'll get on um, I told you before I, I'm actually the worst West Brom fan in the world <laughs> I definitely love them and, and follow their results but I've not uh, I've not done any of the pre yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. done any of the pre-reads apart from looking at the fixture so yeah and no, I think we're um, I think we've managed to keep the only thing I do know is I think we managed to keep Pereira yeah so yeah. he's a player yeah. um, but yeah I like the, the premiership season's good because uh, yeah. obviously the games are bigger yeah, um, yeah. and if you can stay up so I hope we can hope we can stay up but at the same time if, if, if we don't and we 
you have some entertaining games that's good good as well I think we always do well at like whether we're in the championship or in the prem yeah it's a good team to follow so yeah. I'm pretty sure but no actually let me speak I, I want us to stay up yeah, whether yeah. or not we can is a, a good challenge but the thing I like about West Brom is like it's a good club and, yeah. and it's um, they don't like they're, they're always there or thereabouts they treat the players well and, and it's nice for like good for like family club so yeah yeah yeah, I don't think they get too too down in the mouth if we lose. Um, but hopefully, we can win enough games to stay up. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violence. Sport.